Welcome to Around the Carousel, circling our industry with the OABA, the official podcast of the Outdoor Amusement Business Association, with our host, OABA's president and CEO, Greg Chico. Today, we are joined with Larry Yaffe of ESY Financial. Now reach on up, grab that brass ring, and join us as we go Around the Carousel. Well, hello there, Larry Yaffe. Welcome to Around the Carousel, circling our industry with the OABA. It's great to have you with us today. Hello, Greg. Uh, it's great. It's great to be here. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, you're our you're our seventh podcast here, and we're trying to get some diversity. And we really haven't spoken to anyone from the financial side of the equation yet. So uh, that's going to be your job today. And you know, Larry, many of our members know you. You've been through the chairs of the OABA been around for quite some time in, in the in the financial industry. But give us a little bit of background. I mean, I don't I don't even know the story of Larry Yaffe or how you how you grew up and wound up where you are today. Sure. All right. Well, it's good to be lucky seven sometimes. So um I'll I'll do the best I can. So the Larry Yaffe story. I uh, I grew up just outside of Boston, grew up with two brothers, played a lot of sports. During, uh, during high school, my, my father, pretty insistent, you know, that, that we work during summers and vacations, especially. And, you know, one of the things he was insistent on was not to uh, just have some job that didn't tie into what he thought, you know, we thought we wanted to do. Uh, I started out in the lending business at a very young age, probably around 14 or 15 years old. Wow. Um, my, uh, my dad was one of the first employees at Firestone Financial. And, uh, so, you know, instead of me being a lifeguard or working, uh, bussing tables, I was collecting loans making, you know, <laughs> routine collection calls at like 15, 16 years old. So, you know, I learned the business at a very young age after high school, you know, I went to college, studied accounting at Babson college, a small small school in Massachusetts, uh, played baseball there. And then um, after school, you know, I did what I thought every accounting, good accounting major did, went to work in public accounting, worked for Arthur Anderson, you know, and the joke is, you know, no, I, I had nothing. I wasn't on the Enron account. I had nothing to do with, uh, <laughs> with, with bringing down Arthur Anderson. Um, although I, I certainly didn't help it thrive, but um you know, I, public accounting, I realized pretty quickly wasn't for me. You know, I left there after um, a little over a year. You know, when I was in between things, I was going to maybe go back to grad school. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, my dad was pretty insistent on was I wasn't just going to sit around and figure it out. So uh, I worked at Firestone, um, helping out there, doing some underwriting and, and collections and just helping out wherever wherever they needed help. And And while I was there, the guy who they had just started, they had just started getting into carnival uh, lending. And um, unfortunately, the person that they brought in to start, you know, do that job and to start to grow the business, uh, his wife got sick and he had to come off the road. And so this opportunity was, was there and they said, hey, do you want to, um, you know, be a salesperson to the, to the carnival industry? And you know how how uh, it's interesting how Firestone got started into into the carnival lending. Firestone was huge into lending to uh, the arcade business, the video games, you know, Pac Man and Donkey Kong and Space Invaders and all that stuff. They were at a trade show, and as my father was at a trade show, and he met these guys, uh, this company called Bob Space Racers, and he met Bob Casada and I think Jack Mendez at a at a trade show at a coin op amusement trade show, and. 
they started talking about, you know, the carnival business. And so um, they said, oh, you, you guys should come down to this trade show in Gibtown. And, uh, and so they did. And my, you know, my father showed up in a three piece suit in his banker suit, uh, you know, clearly out of place walking around at, uh, <laughs> at the club. And, uh, and anyway, so that's how they got introduced to it. I, um, so I became the, the salesperson that started to grow that business for Firestone. And, and so I was in it for, you know, I was in carnival for, for my entire career at, uh, at Firestone, Firestone got into doing a lot of other lending and, I grew my role there. Uh, it was a great learning experience. And then, uh, you know, long story, but I, I left Firestone um, in 2016. Um, my wife and I, in 2018, we started ESY Financial. About a year into it, Tony Costanza uh, joined us and, um, you know, we kind of decided to partner together. That's kind of how I got from, uh, from kid to ESY. ESY happens to be uh, my father's initials. Edward S. Yaffe. And uh, so it's, the company was named after him. He passed away in 2011. You know, I, I learned a lot uh, working with him. You know, I think one of the things that made them successful and uh, ultimately, I think, successful in this business was, you know, they just they were very focused on fundamentals, business fundamentals and lending fundamentals. And uh, and, and it's funny, a couple of quick little stories. Uh, and these are like life fundamentals, right? One of the guys at Firestone, this guy, Bob Fanger, he was very just insisted that people show up for work looking, you know, the part and your appearance was very important. And when you go on a sales call, always look the part and, and everything. And, you know, so when I was a kid, like I said, at Firestone, you know, I was in high school and I didn't think I needed to shave when I went into work. And so, so one day he left a, on my little desk that I had in the corner, uh, he left a, a, a razor and a bottle of shaving cream. Didn't say a word to me, but you know, I, I obviously got the message. You got the message. Um, yeah. And you know, another time my, uh, again, in high school, I had a, had a late night and didn't feel so good the next morning. And so, you know, I called him sick. Well, you know, my father wasn't too uh, thrilled with just calling in sick for the sake of calling in sick. We had a very interesting conversation that night. And um, I can just tell you that uh, calling in sick wasn't wasn't on my radar anymore uh, unless go. I was unless I was really sick. So uh, anyway, uh, those were some things. But obviously in business, they they um, they had certain fundamentals about, you know, how to lend uh, to customers and, and what you should what you should do. And I think you know, it's something that I learned. And, and I think um, uh, it's something that when we talk to businesses as well, we, customers should stay uh, financially disciplined and, and have certain fundamentals. And, and, and I think, it, you know, you can translate that into, into any business. So, so, so far, uh, I know a lot of people that started public accounting like you that immediately got out of it. <laughs> you, you learn not to wear a three-piece suit at Gibtown, that's for sure. Yep. You did learn to shave when you have to go out on a call. And there's exactly. no and there's no calling in sick for sure, but there's no so calling so ESY Financial's been around now for a while. Obviously, um, a very kind of niche business. You know, the the pandemic was kind of tough on everybody. Larry, discuss with us how your clients fared, the relationship you had to have with those clients through that, and and hopefully that once in a lifetime event will never come back again. But what did what did you learn, and what did the clients learn out of these last couple of years? Yeah. You know, um, nobody in their 
wildest imaginations could have ever dreamed, you know, of, of, of what happened. I can attest um, to that. Yep. <laughs> you know, um, everybody says be prepared, but nobody could be prepared for what ultimately took place. For us, we did what we thought was right, which was just focus on helping our customers. And, you know, we made that decision very early on that we weren't going to worry about collecting anything that year. You know, we communicated with everybody. Obviously, if people could pay, it was better for them financially. But if they, but if they couldn't, um, customers going to literally zero revenue for an entire year, they, they just couldn't. And, and so our customers were great. I think everybody in this this industry, suppliers, other lenders, you know, almost every operator was fantastic. I think, you know, a lot of people have said this over the years, you know, in me being part of OABA, but, you know, this industry, when there's crisis, everybody pulls together and everyone, this industry acts as a family. It's incredible. Some people are just cutthroat competitors, but when, you know, everyone's backs up or up against the wall, everybody gets together and everybody just figures it out. I think we saw that. And I think that's one of the great things about this industry. Everybody worked together. The whole goal was to just stay in business. You know, I think there were a couple that didn't make it, but by and large, a huge percentage of everybody made it. And I think it, it does speak to a couple of things. People in this industry are incredibly resourceful and, Absolutely. Um, and they just, they figure stuff out. And as much as you think, well, everyone's just in this industry. So how much could they really, you know, how resourceful are people? But I think obviously, you know, I've been around enough, uh, you know, even moves, you know, when, when a show has to move stuff happens, um, they got to get creative to get to the next spot in, in very short windows. And I think that skill and that experience translated to surviving COVID uh, people, people created drive-in movie theaters they they opened they sold, store. they sold a lot of trump merchandise that's they, for sure they sold a lot of trump <laughs> merchandise uh they took advantage they you know very opportunistic they set up food stands on the side of the road opened many amusement parks on land that they had they they just did what they had to do and 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 i you know i think some people did very well surprisingly well during covid doing other things other people just got through it and, and they got to the other side so i think you know, what's the, what's the takeaway from that? Uh, and it's something that it's one of the fundamentals that, that we learned in lending a long time ago, always think of a worst case scenario. Again, nobody thought that the world would shut down, but just if things are going well, it doesn't mean they're always going to go well. You got to always plan for a rainy day, which, which everyone in this business knows. And I think, I think a lot of people had, you know, resources and savings and, and were able to figure out other ways to make money. You know, our, Knock on wood, nobody went out of business that we were doing business with. None of our customers did. We had nobody that you know ended up defaulting. Again, probably because we we restructured everybody that needs to get restructured. I think everybody's going to be a stronger business for for having lived through this and and getting through it. And and now you know if you really weren't planning for a rainy day, now you know it can come at any time. And and you just gotta you gotta prepare for the worst. Um, and and, I, and that's what. You know, it's funny, Larry, for for years and years, I heard the stories from my parents and my grandparents about living <laughs> through the depression. And I, I think we'll be telling our kids and grandkids uh, down the road about, you know, living through the pandemic. So uh, yeah, I think absolutely. we're going to get old like that and sell those stories. So oh, um, absolutely. 
So let's, let's, let's kind of cut to the chase of the industry here. I mean, let's face it, uh, our industry is a really capital-intensive in- industry. You always have to have something new to show your committees or your, or your fairs or your customers. So what's, what's the financial climate like right now? I mean, are, are you guys lending at full speed? Are, are people back out to buying equipment? I know we have IAPA coming up, Gip down around the corner. Uh, what's your view on it? Yeah, um, I think people are, I think by and large, most people had a fantastic year. Um, you know, the COVID effect of everybody being cooped up for so long, you know, people want to get out, entertain their families. Um, and, you know, what better way than, you know, go to a carnival and be outdoors in some parts of the country, more, you know, where, where people are more conservative about that kind of thing. They could feel good being outside and not be crowded around people. And, you know, obviously there were other parts of the country that, that, you know, probably just kept going through COVID. So, you know, that, that was great. I think people are, they showed that they're very financially solid. They're not, they don't have too much debt. They were able to get through, uh, you know, what happened. And I think that um, buying has begun. Uh, It's just started. IAP is coming up. Like you said, you know, this is when, you know, some people start to buy. Some people want to wait till they're fully off the road. Some people want to wait till Iapa or San Antonio or or, or Gibtown. But I, I, we're starting to see activity. You know, uh, we're we're lending. Uh, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see. Um, do people still are people still going to be a little bit conservative because they're still coming off of COVID, or you know, are we just going to go full bore and you know have a normal buying season, or maybe even have a better than normal buying season because everybody, uh, not everybody, but most people had such a successful uh, year. Um, it, it'll, it'll, it remains to be seen. You know, I think, you know, like everything, everything's kind of like a pendulum we've, we've talked about, right. You know, it's going to go one way or the other. And I think during COVID, obviously it went way to the extreme of being terrible. I think, you know, a lot of people went way to the extreme of it being incredible this year. You know, we had people that, paid ahead. They're starting to already pay into, into 2022 season. Um, and I think people wanted, you know, they wanted to get caught up and they even want to get a little bit ahead now. Um, so it'll just be interesting to see if they, you know, which, which way they go, you know? So again, for us, we're, we're lending. I think one of the things that for ESY, that was very important when we started this business was to have flexibility and to, and, and to be able to provide that flexibility and lending to customers. I, obviously, we didn't envision COVID, but because of the way we're set up, which is a little bit different you know, financial model, we were able to be 100% flexible to everybody. And we're going to continue that. And that's you know, one of the uh, kind of foundations of our business is to, is to have that flexibility, which for this business is incredibly important. It makes it harder for traditional lenders to lend into this business. You always got to deal with weather. You always got to deal with stuff happening and, you know, it may be if a ride, you know, doesn't work at a spot and that affects the rate. I mean, stuff's always happening in this business. Um, we'll, we'll remain flexible to, to help out people the best we can. Certainly. And, and that's, that's the reason you're in business, Larry, because there's no traditional lenders that could ever figure that out. And they would hide under the blanket of regulation to, to get paid and, and probably put some people out of business. So, Thank you for yeah. the service you provide our industry. There's no question about that. Um, Thank you. What What about supply chains and manufacturing lag time? Is that affecting you at all in terms of lending? I, you know, you, you hear parts are one thing, but building building new rides or refurbishing old rides um, is that affected the the financial markets at all of 
of people not placing orders because they can't get stuff? Um, well, I think people are placing orders. It's just a matter of when, when the order can get delivered, you know, so that'll certainly have an effect on everything. I mean, the entire country, you know, is having those issues. This market's always been, it's been a very strong used equipment sales market. So while buying something new might have those challenges, if uh, company A is buying something from company B, uh, that shouldn't slow down in any way. Obviously, if somebody, yep. if somebody wants to refer to something and they can't get a part, but I, you know, I don't think that's going to stop transactions. I don't think people usually aren't going to buy something because of that. It might delay them getting it to, you know, refurbish to a point where they they want it to be. But again, you know, that that's parts, but you know, these, the people in this business, they'll, they'll figure it out. They'll find a part. (laughs) They'll find a part. They'll, they'll make a part, you know, um, like I said, they're, they're, they're so resourceful. They'll figure it out. Exactly. All right. So we're kind of coming down towards the home stretch here, Larry, let's change your hat for a minute here and put the OABA hat back on and, um, kind of really ask, uh, everyone this question. Um, you know, the OABA is trying to reinvigorate itself. We're trying to become more relevant to our members. Um, from your perspective, which is an interesting one, because you were recent chair of the OABA and you and you um you're not a carnival owner. You sit on on the other side of the fence kind of like I do sometimes. Um, but you have a you have a unique perch to take a look at things. You know, what what do you think the OABA can do based on your observations to be more relevant uh to our industry and to certainly to our members? Yeah, I think, um, you know, when I went through the chairs, you know, it was a continuation of um, a few of the people that went through the chairs and started before me, you know, and and I think, you know, in, in your transition, Greg, and taking over for Bob, um, you know, we keep building on the fact that we we need to communicate better to to our members and to our and to the non-members in the industry as to exactly, you know, all that's going on that the OABA does. And I think, um, you know, in the old days, it was like all word of mouth because technology didn't exist. You know, we did newsletters, but, you know, when you print a newsletter, it's, you know, like a month or two behind just, just by the nature of, uh, of, of a newsletter. And, and now that I think, um, you know, we're starting to use technology more and more uh, to be able to communicate better and, and in real time. And, and I think also to get more people engaged in, you know, the projects that are, that are going on. You know, I just think we got to continue to, to get better at it. Um, I think we, I think it's better than it used to be, but I think it could still improve. And, and, you know, we've, we've all talked about that. We got to continue to do that. And, and and that's also drives getting new members and, or, or getting, you know, members back that maybe left because maybe they weren't happy with what was going on or didn't feel like the OABA was doing anything. And, and I, and again, I, from my, you know, I don't, uh, it's been 12, 13, 14 years that I've been you know, on the board or going through the chairs, there's so much going on there. And, and uh, so there's never a time where the OABA is doing nothing. And it's, uh, and from my perspective and opinion, and, you know, and I feel like I've got a very neutral uh, take on everything that's going on. um, It's, it's always, almost always, you know, for the good, for the greater good uh, of the industry and the business, you know, we just need to let people know that maybe more so and and I think we got to continue to work on uh, providing you know more and better member services to attract members. Um, and then once people are involved, or or maybe people are sitting on the side, you know, the other thing that that I would say, and it was it was said to me, and 
you know, um, John Hanchen was the, was the one that, um, you know, kind of recruited me to get involved. Um, you know, we were having a discussion about it and I, maybe I asked him, how do you get involved? And it will just, just, just join and, and start to get involved and, and, um, you know, roll up your sleeves. And, and I, I think to anybody that is on the outside looking in or wonders what, what we do, get involved. You don't have to be a board member to get involved. You know, there's committees that have non-board members on it, you know, start to get a flavor for what goes on. And, you know, or if you're not happy with something that's going on, uh, I don't think there's anybody that I've ever been on the board with that wouldn't have a conversation with somebody or listen, you know, to somebody that maybe is not happy with what's going on and get involved. You know, if, if you don't like what's going on, become part of the change. And, um, and, and I think that's unfortunately where not this industry, but, you know, I think our country is, you know, falling apart at is, you know, people that have different opinions. It's like, you can't have a different opinion or have a discussion anymore, you know, with some people. Um, I think we've always done a really good job in our meetings of, of having different perspectives of people and different, uh, you know, and bringing, bringing a different perspective to the table. We've got suppliers and sh- big show owners and small show owners and independent ride people and independent food people. And um, I mean, that's what makes our industry go around. It's not just, you know, large shows. And, and I think that um, people sometimes maybe have that perspective and, and I don't think it's true. Um, and, uh, and we just got to get more, keep getting more people and different people involved in, in what we do at the OABA. Right. And, and I agree. And, and, you know, COVID taught us some lessons here and there, Larry. And one of the lessons that taught me is that we did a lot of Zoom meetings with our membership, which is something we kind of never did before. And we had some Zoom meetings where we had 60, 70 people interested in the topic that we were discussing. Now, of course, everyone was off the road, so they had plenty of time on their hands. But regardless of the fact, we, we learned, and, and I do agree with you, that we need to open the communication up from what goes on at board meetings and, and you know, and monthly uh, executive committee meetings and other committee members and get those points out to people. And, and we, we need to strive at doing that. Um, you know, we produce a weekly e-newsletter extra every Thursday comes out and we've gotten better, but we're still only getting about 40% of the people that that's sent to to open it. I think a lot of it might be going in their junk mail. Um, and we need to use our social platforms to, to reach out to people that are that are not members. And um, there's certainly a, a lot of work to be done there. And I, and I agree. I mean, nobody's going to join the OABA anymore to get $5 off of a can of paint. So we, we need to make sure that we're providing the relative services and, you know, by means of this podcast is, is one of, is one of those ways we can communicate better with our memberships, but we need to do it in a, in a bigger and broader way. No question about it. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, I think like you touched on it, you know, the more social media we, we can use and, you know, that can drive messages and, and, um, and get more people involved in, in things, you know, I'm sure, you know, I think this podcast, um, it, you know, it's another, you know, newer form of, uh, you know, what's going on in the world. And, and, and I'm sure that'll grab some interest, although I'm sure, you know, no one's going to be interested in, uh, you know, me and in, in finance, but you know, the, I know the other, the other ones you had were very, um, uh, you know, people are into it and they're, uh, I think they're very informative and, um, and, you know, we're, we're adapting with the times, which is, which is great, you know, technology wise and communication wise. And I agree with you. We're, we're making progress. We just got to keep plugging along. Anything yep. else you want to add, Larry, before we shut, sign off today? <laughs> Wanted to thank uh, everybody um, in this industry for uh, helping everybody, you know, get through the, hopefully the worst thing that we ever see, you know, in, 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 in life and in business. Um, 
you know, um, again, if you're not involved in the OABA, please consider doing it. Um, it was one of the best things I ever did. I've, I've learned so much about this business, um, by being a part of the OABA, um, you know, as, as a lender to know what my customers are going through, you know, operationally and with labor and, uh, you know, in, insurance or, or whatever their challenges, there's always challenges in, in any business. Um, uh, it's been great. And, and, and I know, um, there's a ton of competitors of each other that sit in those rooms, you know, don't be intimidated by that. You know, people work together. Um, you know, it's, it's helped me, you know, I speak to the other lenders uh, from time to time and, you know, we communicate as, as competitors to, you know, know what's going on, you know, in the industry. And, um, um, you know, so please get involved and, and, uh, the more people that get involved, the, the more we can accomplish. Absolutely. Larry, we thank you for your time and, sh- and sharing your thoughts and perspective on, on this edition of Around the Carousel, circling our industry, and we continue to go round and round. So signing off for now, Greg Chico from the OABA. Thanks again, Larry. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us for Around the Carousel, an OABA production. To learn more about the Outdoor Amusement Business Association and its mission to promote and preserve the growth of the outdoor amusement industry through leadership, advocacy, and education, please visit us at oaba.org and join us to put the OABA to work for you.